Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Wars podcast. I'm Doug Berry, along with my very good friend, Father Richard Heilman. And tonight we've got the one and only Father Chad Ripperger with us. Yeah. And before we get into building your holy alliance, which actually we should be doing that anyway, before we talk about building your holy <laughs> alliance, we want to begin everything with prayer. And Father Heilman, always, that is your department. Sure. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the root of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much, Father. And thank everybody else out there who, again, the constant support we've been having with uh, the U.S. Grace Force can't thank you enough. Father and I were just out at the DC Rosary Coast to Coast rally just last Sunday, a week ago, and just phenomenal response from people out there, people who come from all over for that event. It just means a lot to us. It's very humbling to have so many people come up and tell us how, you know, that something like this, the Grace Force podcast has been a help to them. So thanks be to God for that. And those of you who support us with your prayers and your financial support through the Patreon program, which you can click the link in the description below to become a Patreon member and help us out with some financial support. You help make it possible to reach a lot of people. So again, thanks be to God and thank you for your support and your constant encouragement for us to continue to do this work. So it just means a lot to us. And Father, I know uh, we always love to have Father Ripperger on. It's always one of the more exciting podcasts that we have. And I'm just going to pass this on to you because I know this has been something we've been working on for a while. You've been very excited about this. so Yeah, so... Thank you so much, Father Ripperger, for coming on. We are so excited. Um, we've been working together kind of off and on for a while, but uh, you really helped uh, in an effort we had earlier in the year. In the year. And I was, I was just uh, looking at it, too, is that when we launched that, it was uh, on the Feast of the Presentation 2022, which ended up being 2-2-22. And uh, the word, uh, or the uh, number two in, in uh, I looked this up, in, in the Bible, uh, one of the things it stands for is unity. And that's really what we've been striving for is unity, getting ourselves as well connected as we can to Christ and also with each other. But, but we work fervently on what you've been teaching all along, especially, um, you know, in, in your, in your ministry with, with exorcism and, and things, but you discovered, and maybe we can touch on that too. You discovered that when people get that baseline uh, protocol, prayer life up and going that that the, the demons uh s s kind of stay at bay it's almost like putting up a force field uh speaking of force field i want to show the t-shirt i bought today i laughed so hard when i bought this hold on ah <laughs> uh. <laughs> did you see that i couldn't believe it when i saw that <laughs> Because, uh, well, I am your father, right? <laughs> I was such a Star Wars geek when I was a kid. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I digress. <laughs> but, Father, um, but you've been, you've been teaching that with your with your exorcism ministry and, and really helping people uh, to keep the, the, the demons uh, at bay just by having that, that disciplined prayer life up and running. And so we worked on that. Uh, we actually launched it on 2222, but... But we started on March 2nd, uh, 2022, and went for 90 days and then encouraged people to just continue, obviously. But but we feel like right now, Father, and first of all, I want to say uh, 
father um, is uh, uh, his ministry is out of uh, out of uh, uh, Archdiocese of Denver, and it's the most sorrowful mother ministries, the Deloren fathers, Deloren fathers. Anyways, um, but everybody seems to know you, Father, because you're helping so many people, uh, and you're 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 not uh, like Maximilian Colby, one of my favorites. You're unafraid to use the best of new media to really help people understand the truth, especially in the area of spiritual warfare, exorcism, and and uh, our fight against the demons. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. And uh, so, anyways. Um, you know, maybe we want to touch a little bit on, on, uh, what you do to help people with, with, um, you know, getting that b baseline and how important that is that baseline discipline prayer life. But then what we're doing now this year in 2022, cause I, I, I said the other day, I said, I think we're all sick and tired of even saying how, uh, intense evil seems to be uh, advancing right now. That's and true. so what, what do we, what do we do about that? And, and I, I believe, and maybe you can touch on this too. But I believe what's called for right now is us to become strong, okay? Uh, strong, especially in our, our spiritual lives, uh, but also to be become unified uh, with the church militant here on earth, but also with the holy souls in, in, in purgatory and the saints in heaven, which is what we want to get to tonight, that idea of building your holy alliance. But maybe start out, if you don't, wouldn't mind, Father, just talking about, you know, that strength in our spiritual lives and that, that baseline discipline of prayer life that really goes a long way to cure a lot of people who are are uh having uh the diabolical issues if you will so maybe father if you want to say something about that sure yeah i um one of the things that's uh, even more since i think than when, when we even talked about it is becoming clear to us that one of the things that we're seeing over and over and over again is that the demons tend to target people who lack just elementary discipline in their spiritual life. That's the people they tend to yes. target. And so, uh, and obviously because it's easy fruit to pick, right? I mean, you just, you know, the person doesn't have any discipline, so it's going to be a lot easier to, to, um, to take them down or to afflict them. And um, I sometimes wonder though, too, if there isn't kind of a, um, a divine element in that also in the sense that God allows uh, those people who are undisciplined, who he wants to draw closer to him, to have to become more disciplined in order so that they can engage in the spiritual combat in a way that's necessary. But uh, but it, 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 what we've really discovered though is, is that you know people might go to mass on, on a regular basis, even on holy days. They might get to confession on a somewhat regular basis. They might pray once in a while, but there's not a consistent discipline in their prayer life um, or even just in their spiritual life, just in general. There's just a general lack of uh, real discipline. Um, it's kind of humorous because whenever we put people on this protocol that we actually have, there's always, there's always that initial, you can tell whether people are, you know, they really want to do it or whether they're just doing it because they want to get rid of their problem or whatever the case is. But one of the things that you'll often see is they'll pause for a minute and then they want to negotiate, which is itself <laughs> already a problem, right? Right, right. Um, and so... But it I, is, it really does. I do that to, at the gym, by the way. I, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think there's always uh, some area of most yeah, people's yeah, yeah. lives that they do that, right? Yeah. But I think that, uh, but that's what we've discovered is a, a discipline. And so getting people just to do the Angelus at six, noon and six, right. um, which is within the book that you had put out. I think there's a, the, that was the whole goal of that is to get people disciplined in yeah, their spiritual here, here's life. Here's that book, Peace Through Strength. strength. And it comes yeah. from that, uh, we maintain the peace through our strength. Weakness only invites aggression, which, you know. So, but go ahead, Father. Yeah, well, that's exactly the principle, yeah. right? So if you're undisciplined, it basically means you're weak. And so you're just going to invite the attack. Right. Um, whereas if you're really spiritually strong, 
um, we find that people just generally speaking don't suffer from diabolical oppression or obsession unless there's some particular will of God, but that's pretty rare. But like I said, you know, a vast majority of the people that we come across that we help, it's because of this basic lack of discipline. Yeah, and, and real quick too, people might, I, I held this up, but um, uh, I'm getting a lot of great compliments. It looks nice too, but it's, it um, and look at, there's a rosary on the back there. You got to get the mm -hmm. light to reflect on it. But uh, uh, romancatholicgear.com, that's actually my sister and her husband run that, but that, that's where you can get that peace through strength journal. So, so Doug, what were you? Yeah, I was, I was, just, I want to respond a little bit to what you said about, you know, father, it's just a great point. If we could maybe expound a little bit more about the fact that someone who's considered undisciplined is just a sign of weakness, yeah. lack of discipline right. equals weakness and the demons will pounce on that. It sounds like that's um, right. Yeah. Just talk a bit more about that because that is the biggest struggle. I know father Holman, you made the, the comment about negotiating in the gym and, and, and it, it, it's so true that the discipline to even take care of one's health, right? It, clearly, the consequences of being undisciplined in caring for your health always result in some sort of health issue. Um, right. and, and it only gets worse the more undisciplined you are when it comes right. to sedentary lifestyle, you know, eating the bad diet and so forth and, and so forth and so forth. But when it comes to the spiritual aspect, I, I just think it's a key thing, Father, if you don't mind breaking that down a bit more about the importance of discipline, how it relates to weakness and how the demons really look for that, that there's something about even, and if you could maybe throw this in there too, I've always drawn by the, the, the passage, I think it's Matthew 24, 13. We just, we talked about this in the last podcast or a couple of podcasts ago, Matthew 24, 13, those who persevere to the end will find salvation. There's something about the strength of just not giving up, of just persevering. Is that a type of discipline to just persevere? Can, can you address some of that? Yeah, you know, I think that's, uh, I, I mean, I think the thing to just do is to start with just some elementary discussion about a virtue. So if you look at St. Thomas's discussion on the virtue of fortitude, he defines it as, as that which engages the arduous, right? It's the heart, it's the things that are difficult. Well, demons know that if you're undisciplined, essentially you have not developed for, uh, fortitude and not just physically, but even in your spiritual life. And there, mm -hmm. so there's two components to that. The first is, is that if you don't have a virtue in one of your faculties, that also means there's a concomitant weakness in your will that pertains to that particular vice or lack of strength. And so they know that if you have a general lack of fortitude in your spiritual life, and by that we mean that you're not going to engage in prayer because prayer is arduous, it's difficult. In fact, St. Thomas says that all the reason that spiritual sloth is so easy to fall into is because the spiritual goods themselves are arduous. They take work to achieve and to, to come to perfection in them. And so it, it's inherently arduous. This is one of the reasons why I always tell men, you know, that uh, a real man is the guy who prays. The guy who doesn't pray says, oh, that's for women. No, he's effeminate. That's the, that's the difficulty. But this weakness, the demons notice that. They notice that you don't have a basic, uh, you don't have basic fortitude in being willing to be able to uh, overcome things that are difficult. That also means there's that concomitant weakness in the will. So they know you're weak-willed. So when they attack you, they know that you don't have the strength because the attack requires a certain amount of strength and arduousness. This is one of the things that we do with people who are possessed is trying to keep them focused through that whole process because it's tiring, it's exhausting. It takes a lot of energy in order to combat it at certain times. But that's exactly the, the, what God is looking for. You know, it's the same thing like if you, we, we talked about this in one of, um, one of the other interviews I had done some time ago, which is, you know, if you're trying to gain strength, 
physically, well, you start out with lower weights, but then you have to start adding the weight, right? So it has to become, it becomes more and more difficult in order to, to lift it. But as you gain the strength, those things that are more difficult actually become easier to do. I mean, it doesn't mean they're, you know, perfectly uh, easy, but it, but it's it, it's easier in that sense because you're, of the strength that you're building. Well, it's the same thing in the spiritual life that a lot of times even engaging in the spiritual warfare becomes easier as you build that discipline. So what we're finding is, is people just lack this basic elementary discipline, which is a lack of fortitude in their spiritual life. They're not pursuing things that are arduous and difficult. That means they're weak-willed, which means the demons realize this is the guy that's easy to attack. And so, as Father said, you know, uh, if you don't have strength, you're just inviting the attack ultimately. Yeah, you know, I do. I do go to the gym. At least I try to, and I find all kinds of reasons. I why not? But uh, I have a friend, and and uh, primarily what we're doing there is uh, lifting weights, and yeah. or or it's called resistance training, right? Right. So yeah. You exactly. Press against that weight, and that builds your muscle. Okay, it's hard to do. But by doing it, you're building up your strength. Is that a good analogy then, <clears throat> Father, for what you just got done saying? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to, the reason God lets the demons um, put up the resistance against you is precisely so that you have to exert the energy in this and build the virtue spiritually, both in the will and in, and in your irascible appetite is the one that actually deals with fortitude. You have to build those. Otherwise, you're just going to become soft spiritually. Right. And we also know that, uh, as uh, Doug pointed out in that scriptural passage, in the end, God doesn't want a bunch of wimps in heaven. He just doesn't right. want a bunch of people who are spiritually soft. He wants the people right. who are strong, and that's why he builds them. So uh, you're, you're saying purgatory is like a big gymnasium then, right? It's... <laughs> yeah, in a certain sense. Yeah, that's actually true. Because it's, yeah, yeah it's, uh, and it's, uh, well, which is why I always tell people, look, you're either going to have to do it in this life. Or in the next. Yep. And the advantage of doing it in this life is it's meritorious and it actually raises your place in heaven. When you get to purgatory, well, you'll be purified and you'll develop. There, there's a certain amount of purification that occurs. So there's an eradication right. of vice, but there's no merit in it. Right. I'm curious, Father, when, when, when you run into the people, I love that, that you say that they negotiate right away. They want to negotiate it down. Yeah. Uh, we all do. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's something in this. It's like, wait a minute. Can we... Can we bring this down just a little bit? Yeah, right. Um, what, what is the response you would normally give them? I mean, just in general, when a person is trying to negotiate down on the protocol, like how would you normally respond to somebody like that? Because the, the audience right now, there are people out there in the audience that are thinking the same thing we are. Yeah, I'd try to negotiate that back a little bit. What would you say to them? Um, well, to put it somewhat in a joking manner, I tell people, I'm sure uh, fathers heard this joke. But is, you know what the difference is between a liturgist and a terrorist? You can negotiate with a terrorist. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and that's what we tell people. Well, look, this is a non-negotiable. The fact is, is that the demons uh, are, you can't negotiate with them. You can't negotiate with God about how you're going to get out of this problem. You just have to look at the means and realize, I have to do this. Mm. And it's uh, the, the one area that we get, well, there's two areas that we get at the most. One is media control, because we tell them you have to do media fasting, and they just don't want to put away their right. computer or their phone. But the other um, but the one that we get the most is the, the Angelus at six in the morning. Well, can I do it at seven? No, it's got to be at six. Well, what if I, you know, and there's always this, they're always looking for an out. Um, because they just don't want to do it. And one time, uh, this one priest said to a group of seminarians, and I thought this is very insightful. 
He said, if you, if, when you wake up in the morning and your alarm's going off and you hit the snooze button, your first act in the morning is an act of laziness. Mm. Right. And so right. this is exactly what people want to, they don't want to have to fight themselves ultimately in right. a lot of the dispositions in order to overcome this. The problem is though, is that the demons use, you know, the, they always used to say that the three sources of temptation are the world, the flesh and the devil. Well, the flesh is only really used by, um, you know, the flesh can tempt us, but the devil has to use the flesh. So the point being is, is that if you don't get that under control, you're always going to be weak in the spiritual battle. Right. Yeah, that sounds father- like, Go ahead, Doug. Go ahead. Just real quick, that just sounds like a great post for social media. Hitting the snooze button means you're <laughs> lazy. Yeah. And yeah, your first act of the day is laziness. Rather laziness than, when you hit the snooze. Yeah, that's turning to God and giving him glory of somehow. So, yeah. so it's just, um, yeah. But I just think that the other thing that we've kind of noticed too is is that we're pretty we're pretty we're somewhat draconian in the sense that we tell people you have to do this thirty days of this protocol uninterrupted. Mm-hmm. If you if you Fail to do it one day, you got to start over. And part of that, it's it's very similar to in the military. Look, if you fail out in basic, you got to go back, right? Wow. Yeah. And it's the and and part of that has to do with the fact that we've found that even if people fudge just a little bit on that protocol, yep. it nullifies the discipline and the effect, and they still never fully climb out of the diabolic influence. Whereas if they just stick to it consistently. <laughs> and don't give in and don't give in to themselves, which is usually more it than anything, then they'll climb out and they'll be victorious. And it doesn't I, take that long. They just have to be willing to really fight it. I have a, um, uh, an analogy and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say it. I mean, you know, I entered into 2022 and we just got earlier. I, we talked about how we started out with that 90 days to peace and getting that baseline protocol up. But I also said, I want to get this blubber off my body. And I've been working at it, okay? And I've lost 80 pounds uh, since wow. January 1st, and I feel great. But you're so right, Father. That made me think of this is that <clears throat> I've been doing mainly keto and fasting, okay? Intermittent fasting is calling, but I do prolonged fasts too. But I can say that um, for the first seven months, and um, I don't know why I derailed a little bit after that, but for the first seven months through July, right? I didn't have one cheat. I didn't have one bite of anything at the wrong time during that whole time. And here's why, because I knew me and I know us. And if you have that one little cheat, right? Yep. You derail. It, yep. It's it's just all over. And um, I actually, you know, I, I did, I, I did that little cheat bite. I, you know, well, it wasn't anything big, you know, it might've been a bite of a potato or something, you know, but, <laughs> but I did, it, it derailed me for a little while and I, I'm right back at it though. And, um, uh, it, but, but, uh, I, I know I can't cheat. I can't do that bite of potato because that right. will derail me. And I, I, I just want to th- throw that in as a, as a, as a, um, analogy, I think to what you're, you're talking about father, right? Yeah, it is. But it's also, Father, it's also the same. It's uh, it's the same set of virtues that are somewhat involved, right? Because ultimately, you're just building strength in your will to tell your lower faculties that right. want this, that want the potato. No, we're just, this is what the course we're going to stay. St. Thomas says that uh, the virtue of constant continence or constancy is in the will. And he says, it's the virtue that remains steadfast despite the tumult of the appetites. So it doesn't matter what your emotions are doing or what your body wants or the appetites want, you still stay the course. And it's in that will 
uh, maintaining the course that the will becomes strong. Right. It's as soon as we give in, then the will becomes weak. Right. And so that's part of that building that constancy. And then once you build the constancy, then this, uh, that is the overcome that weakness in the will, then the virtue begins to develop in the lower faculties and they become more subject and it becomes easier ultimately. Right. Hmm. Yeah. G Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden light. And and then he went on to say, learn from me for I'm meek. Okay. I'm easy to be the, the meek is that I always like to say, that's the stallions that are brought the wild stallions that are brought down and, and they're trained to, to do, to, uh, to stop at a dime on the tap of a rider rider's heel, uh, because right. they've been so well trained or they're meeked then they would say. And so we get to that place where we want to do it. I want to do it exactly your way, God. Okay. And so you, you speak to my heart, I move. Uh, and that's, but, but otherwise we're wild stallions. We're just kind of, you know, making right. it up as we go along or, um, but, uh, but my yoke is easy, my burden light. And, and, and then, but ultimately that comes because we love God so much that of course, you know, you get to that point where, where, when you're strong, right. Where you're going, well, of course I got to do this, or of course I can't do this. Right. It, 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 right. it, yeah, I, I learn from me for my yoke is easy, my burden. Uh, but that's what I think it means is that when you're it's so intensely in love and you so want to do it God's way, it just becomes kind of easy to go, well, of course I can. You know, like, well, I got to tell you that seven months, I'm using it as an analogy again, but it was, of course, I can't have that bite of potato. You know, of course. And it was, right. you know, it wasn't that hard once you're so dedicated, so into it and so wanting to go in this direction. Yes, yes, Father? Yeah, absolutely. The, yeah. the thing that kind of keeps running through my mind is how many women out there would actually end up going on a diet just to trim down a little bit, just to be more pleasing to their husband whom they love, and yet we won't trim down our interior life a little bit just be, uh, out of love of God. Right. Mm. Right. And then it begs the question, I mean, am, am I really in love with God? You know, and, yeah, you know, exactly. and, and so let's, let's look at that and let's explore that and let's develop yeah. that intimacy and that love for God. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, one of the aspects of if you really, really love someone, you you don't want to do anything to offend them or right. hurt them in any right. way. And if we really, really love God, it means that we're going to remove in ourselves anything that could possibly harm or, or, or offend him, and not harm him in the strict yeah. sense, but offend him in any way whatsoever, which fear is basically of offending fear, him, fear of the Lord. Yeah, fear of the Lord. But yeah. it tells you that it also means that we realize that in order to remove myself from any possibility of that whatsoever, I've got to get these lower appetites under right. control right. and submitted to reason illuminated by faith. Because right. once I do that, then I know even they won't offend God. Even they're not going to have these inclinations that are contrary to what he yeah. wants in the order Absolutely. he established. Brother, how important is it that there is a physical component to developing um, the this strength that you're talking about, this discipline, meaning you know, you know, whether it's lifting weights or fasting or some physical challenge that's hard for us because the, the connection between the physical and the spiritual, because there are people out there and I, I run into this where, well, God doesn't care about the body. So we don't need to exercise to take care of our health. We're all going to die from something. So why worry about any of that? Well, right. whether it's exercise or even physically just fasting, which is a, it's a physical challenge, obviously, you know, the right. appetites, um, getting up when that alarm goes off and not hitting the snooze button. How important right. is it to the spiritual that the physical is tied into this so that these acts of physical challenges 
that are hard, that are arduous, um, should become part of our, our lives more rather than, because we, we live in a lazy boy recliner, sleep number bed, you know, um, talk to your TV to change the channel. Don't even have to get up and walk across yeah. the room. I mean, we, we, we live in a world where anything and everything is just kind of right there. And we really don't have to do a lot as much as we used to in some cases. So how important is the physical aspect of the challenge for our spiritual? Um, before I answer that, the, 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 the image ran, ran through my mind of some guy sitting on a couch where he's too lazy to liter literally lift his finger to indicate what he wants. You know, it's I know, not, right? It's that bad, we're getting that bad. <laughs> but um, actually, it's very integral because it's part of the virtue of fortitude, as I've mentioned. The physical aspects, you, first of all, the body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So you, you, you can't just dismiss its importance in this. The second part of it is, is that if you actually look at our protocol, other than the prayers themselves, that we require them to say, almost everything else is physical. And it's because of the fact that um, it's physical in some dimension, like getting up in the morning at six o'clock or, um, you know, putting aside the, the, um, the physical pleasure the as Vogelin says, anytime we use technology, we get a pleasure out of it. And that's why we have to develop temperance in relationship to technology, et cetera. So we, it's, there's all sorts of physical stuff that we re actually require them to do. There's a physical component to it. And that is ultimately because what we're really trying to do is build up the strength of their will. There is a, there's a, a method behind our madness, so to speak. When people, when people say, boy, you're just really strict with people, you know, you need to kind of meet people where they're at, you know, where, you know, maybe some people aren't quite ready for that. And what we basically discovered is um, if you, if you allow the person to slack off even just a little bit in this process, the demons will use that and just drag them the other direction. So in the end, those people virtually never get liberated. It's only the people that stick to it and tell you, okay, Father, I'll do whatever you got to do. And then they just stick to it. Mm -hmm. But it's also the, um, and so the part of the reason we're looking for is to see, are they going to go the distance? Because engaging in undergoing solemn exorcism is brutal physically, and it requires a tremendous amount of constancy that doesn't matter how bad it gets. It doesn't matter how much temptation this guy puts me through. I know that this is what I have to do. And so obviously God isn't calling everybody necessarily to that level of spiritual warfare, but the principle is still the same. We're, what we're really looking for is building up their will as much as we possibly can. It's very similar to going to basic. You're building these guys up physically, but also mentally and, and, and volitionally so that when they get into a horrific situation, they can still pursue, uh, uh, you know, get to the end and uh, get to the victory without succumbing or without you know, getting depressed or what have you. What's well, the same principle? We're really building up their constancy of will so that we can maximize the possibility of their being liberated. It's not just because we want to be uh, make their lives miserable or be difficult. It's we're it's literally we're trying to maximize their possibility of freedom in that regard. Yeah. And so, and that's one of the other things too is is that um, you know laziness is just a basic lack of fortitude ultimately. And so that's one of the reasons why you have to get people to kind of combat that and to realize that if they don't if there's not if they're not willing to do what's physically necessary to build up their spiritual life they're never going to master the spiritual stuff as well but there's always going to be that laziness um, yeah. and that concomitant weakness in the will as a result of it father you know, our, our, and when we're doing this we do this as a community um That's you right. know w w even like i said i i, I train with a buddy and, um, and we've also seen programs, whether it's, uh, you know, dieting, you know, eating right or, or physical exercise, or even, 
spiritually, um, we uh, find strength in numbers. Uh, we, we like to have battle buddies with us uh, right. to spur us on and, and to, uh, to encourage us to keep going and, and, and all that. Um, it, it, you look at any kind of program, if you will, whether it's physical, spiritual, whatever, um, they always end up going there because you almost have to because yeah. you can't do it alone. Uh, you, no. you, you, ha you no. have to do it with each other. And I, I'm kind of shifting us into what, it, what our topic is tonight, building your holy alliance. I'm a firm believer in this, and I know you are too, that we weren't meant to go it alone, that we were meant no. to go. I like to use the word family. We're the family of God. We're the children of God. We're a family together, and we're united to stand as a force to be reckoned with together with each other. And, right. and so, um, and, and, and what just happened to us over the last two and a half, three years is that, that Satan uh, just went berserk. And uh, what did he do? He, he, he built on our weakness. And I think a lot of us became even weaker during that challenging time. Uh, you know, some people took on uh, resistance training, I think, during the time. But, but a lot of people became weaker. But we became divided, right? I mean, That's Diabolos, right. that actually is the word that means divide. Di he divides. That's, right. and, and any enemy that worth his salt, you know, uh, understands that that's a tactic in any kind of battle is to not face this united force, but to get everybody divided first. Now you're easy pickings. Now you're right for the picking. Right. And, and so, um, so we've been, um, we've been working hard. Like I said, we did this 90 days to peace together uh, starting at the beginning of the year, but we did it with like 80 to a hundred thousand people. And then we, we unite, we're the United States Grace Force, united, right? And then uh, we, we moved on to the, our annual 54-day Rosary Novena, where we asked people from around the nation, and I don't know the number that prayed it, but I know it was 100, over 100,000 uh, right. that, that, that prayed that together, and uh, it, which ended with um, October 9th. We were just out in Washington, D.C. for the National Rosary Alley, but that was kind of the, um, the uh, anchor for rosary coast to coast were groups from all over you should have seen this um this map this google map or whatever they call it with the balloon pins in it you couldn't see the united states the balloon pins are so many but these were groups all around the nations that united together there's strength in numbers we need to get unified and so we've been working on that uh but that gets into uh where i believe and i know you do too father is the next phase of our you know training for for spiritual warfare and that is you know darn you devil you know you you did everything to divide us the quarantines everything uh we're gonna turn that all around and we're gonna get unified not only with the church militant here on earth but let's get super mighty and let's get ourselves well connected battle buddies right by building our holy alliance. And what does that mean? That's what the whole community of saints, you got the church militant of the people who are still living on earth. You've got the church penitent of those who are being purified, as we talked about it in purgatory, and then the church triumphant, the saints in heaven. Right. Imagine that mighty force, well you allied with each other in, in an alliance uh, coming against Satan's attempt to divide and conquer and so, uh, so uh, that's my way of saying is that 
I'm going to ask all of us to please, please, please join us because on All Saints Day, it happens to be 54 days exactly leading up to Christmas Eve. And so I, 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 I gave the name to this called Heavenly Christmas Novena because we're going to spend that time getting ourselves well-connected to the holy souls in purgatory and the saints in heaven. And, and literally that by, by um, igniting that relationship with them, each of us individually with a holy soul and a saint each day, you know, we, we grow from a force of one on, uh, on before day one, but on, one, on day one, we grow to a force of three, a holy soul, a saint, and Father Rick Heilman. Uh, day two, we add another holy soul, we add another saint, and now we're a force of five, seven, nine. You can see it keeps going. But but to to become that strong, you know, we talked about that disciplined prayer life. Okay, that's that's for sure what we want to do. And, and, and what are we doing here? We're doing what the military does, right? They go to basic training. They become very strong. But what do they also learn? How to become a unified force, so selfless that, 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 that they move as one uh, with each other. That's where we need to be. Uh, so, uh, Father, and one last thing I'll say is that uh, we started out with uh, the peace through strength and got ourselves strong as individuals. Now we're going to get strong as a unified force. And th this is what I've worked really hard to, to put together to lead us during this thing. And this is called the Strength and Alliance Field Journal. Okay. And the first part of this journal is what I just talked about is we're going to learn how, how can we uh, you know, we, we've been given a, a, the ability, the capability to give holy souls in, in, in purgatory, the literal key that unlocks the pearly gates. It's called a plenary indulgence. And, and, and are we engaging? I always talk about our grandparents who uh, had their prayer books loaded with holy cards of all their favorite saints. These were their, in their own personal holy alliance. These were their, their personal friends there were their prayer warriors that they relied on constantly i my vocation came because my grandma prayed to saint john neumann she never told me she, after i was uh, ordained a transitional deacon she finally told me you know since you were a little kid i found a holy card saint john neumann and i've been praying every day for your vocation that's what they knew that i think we've lost and we have to regain once again to understand that God didn't mean us to go alone. He meant this unified forces, communion of saints to venture. And now watch the damage we can do to the diabolical. Once we're united, once we're strong, as we worked out first, now we're united. Father, do you want to com comment on that? So this is also at romancatholicgear.com, by the way. Uh, but yeah. pick this up and try to have it if you can before November 1st. If you get it after that, that's okay too. But November 1st, we're starting. You know, Father, Father, you said such a mouthful, it's almost worthy of a, like a two-hour <laughs> lecture. Because it does. It, there's so I many tried to be as concise as I could, but it's hard. <laughs> no, you're, no, you're perfect. So I, that's my point. It was so concise. But, I, you know, it's, it's funny because, um, you know, we kind of have this phrase in our line of work, um, at least some of us do, and that is um, that because Our Lady is like an army in battle array, there's no such thing as an army of one except her. Yep. And so, you know, so unless you're our lady, 
you're going to have to depend on God because ultimately you can't do anything on your own anyway. You can't even, you can't, you can't even move, even as an exorcist, I literally can't get the demons to do anything. God has to do it. Right. So you, already we've got to have our general, that is God on our side, That's so right. to speak. The second part of it is, is that God intended for this battle to be um, a collective action in a collective activity just by virtue of the fact that every single one of us has a guardian angel and his, right. his one of his primary functions is to protect us and to, to help us to fight this battle. Well, the other part of it is too, is, is that I, I think I might've mentioned this here in one of the other interviews is, but you know, um, uh, God will actually set up specific demons or, uh, to have specific nemeses among the saints. So a lot of times people will struggle with a particular, uh, temptation or problem that the demons are driving and so a lot of times if they can just find out which nemesis it is for the demon for satan or the demon that is afflicting them calling down that uh um that uh saint can have a tremendous impact and so building up the saints that you need in order for your own the particularities of your own spiritual battle because everybody's battle the complexion's a little bit different as it is in every theater right everybody's dealing with stuff that's slightly different and so as a result of that you need to get the ones that are built up so you can slowly build up the saints that will fight for you on your part obviously the angels are part of that saint michael um the part of the other thing that um we see too is well, one of the one of the um obviously our lady is key in all of this so having a very strong devotion to right. her asking her to send down her legions of angels in order to protect you is is going to be huge um and but uh also saint joseph who's a terror of demons etc so all of the saints pay a, a particular role in that the souls in purgatory also there's two ways in which we that they can be pivotal i think in all of this um which as you know father the first is getting a plenary indulgence for them and getting them out it's it's very similar when you said that you know giving them the key it reminded me of how sometimes in a battle you'll fight to get to a certain place and if there's prisoners of war the first thing that you do after you clear everybody out is you release them yes. and refresh them so that they can actually begin the process of of joining you in the battle again right, right? so um and so as soon as as soon as they're out then they're in heaven and then so they can actually be even more efficacious in their battle however that happened in lepanto didn't it they released the yeah. horsemen from underneath and yeah and like yes. doubled their number yeah yeah exactly then the other the other part of it is i said we get them out um, and that also means that they're going to be our advocates specifically if we get a plenary indulgence for somebody their gratitude towards us is tremendous and so yep. they'll do everything they can to help us save our souls and to to engage in the spiritual warfare the other part of it is too is is that um you know even if you can't get a plenary indulgence or you can only get one per day and then you can apply it to someone but you can also get other souls just by virtue of the fact that their prayers the souls according to the saints the souls in purgatory, their prayers are meritorious. And so we can ask them to pray for us, you know, as we try and get them free to ask them to pray for us, etc. Um, the other thing we can do is actually ask the saints in heaven to aid us in getting the souls out of purgatory. As we were talking before, at least the common opinion of theologians is, is that the souls in, or the, uh, that those in heaven, the saints in heaven can't, uh, don't, can't merit for those in purgatory. They can only merit for us. But that doesn't mean that they can't assist us in helping us gain the plenary indulgences and also 
taking our prayers and stuff to God in petition for those things. And so they can aid us in that way. And so it's, uh, I always tell people that, um, you know, in, uh, obviously if you have our lady on her side, life is good, right? <laughs> because yeah. just, they're not going to go anywhere. And she's, like I said, like this whole army unto herself, but we also want to get all the saints, especially those that are particular to us. And the more we get that, um, built up around us, then the more our own particular battle unit can effectively cause change, not just in our lives, but in the lives of others. Yeah. You know, Father, with, with regards to uh, the building the Holy Alliance, um, I remember years ago a lady saying to me that Vatican II did away with purgatory. Um, <laughs> Well, it's a little difficult considering the fact that the Council of Trent formally defined it, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she said it with this, just this almost this innocent sort of, but I thought, because I talked about it in a, in, a, in a talk somewhere in a church, and she said, well, I thought Vatican II did away with purgatory. Um, there, a lot of people don't fully understand or appreciate the whole breakdown of the three areas of the church, if you want. Church militant, yeah. church suffering, and church triumphant. Right. How far back... I mean, how, where do we see like the origin, if, if, if this is something that we can get into at all, the origin of this whole breakdown of the three categories, if you will, of the church, um, just a better understanding maybe for, for, for us, the audience and us as to where this comes from, how we should really view this unity. I remember priests saying to me years ago, when you got a problem, go to the family, you go to the family. family. You know, it's like, well, what did you mean? He goes, well, you got a, you got a, you got a money issue. Go to St. Matthew. You know, he was a tax collector. He knows how to deal with the IRS, <laughs> you know? So, you know, but that was an introduction to me, the understanding of actually incorporating this other, these other departments or categories of my family, because we do kind of live within this tangible world only sometimes a little better understanding or view of these three categories that help with this alliance that we're talking about. Uh, well, I mean, the, the church suffering, I mean, the actual terminology, I'm not exactly sure when that occurs. I know, but the, by the time you get to around the time of St. Augustine, those terms are already being used, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, obviously, praying for the souls in purgatory is right in the book of Maccabees. I mean, even before, you know, so it's a good and holy thing to pray for the dead. So the, it, the, um, a lot of that theology, I think, by the gets worked out so that by the time you get through about the middle part of the middle the media uh, the uh, medieval period, there is already a pretty clear understanding of exactly these three, and also, uh, I mean, obviously, they're taking elements from the fathers and putting them together. Um, I think that uh, if, like I rem if I remember right, in Augustine, there's already some discussion of all this. Um, and also the merit, the question of merit of how much they can merit, who can merit, I think is something that gets kind of finalized by the time you get through the middle, middle age, although there's somebody out there who might know the history of these just a little bit better than me. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I think that we fail to realize, which is one of the reasons I'm very appreciative, Father Heilman, that you're drawing attention to this, is people will come up to me and they'll say, because they'll hear the story, because it's actually online, of a woman who actually saw the guardian angel of my priesthood, right? And so she she was a woman who was possessed, and he appeared to her to assist her during um, one of the attacks. And actually, after I had asked him, so, and she didn't know it. So after I, I said, I just, I told him, go help her, and because I was tied up. And then after I got tied up, I called her and said the prayers 
the demons let loose. And then she came back and said, you know, did you send your guardian angel priesthood to me? And I said, yeah, how did you know? And he said, he appeared to me and held my hand through the whole process, right? So, but the point being is, is that it tells you something very important. And that is that the, the, the entire army of heaven and even the souls in purgatory want to help us in this battle. They want to get us there as well. You have to remember that the souls in purgatory have perfected charity. They want us there with them just as much right. as, you know, the, the saints do in one set in that sense. So, but the point being is, is that um, you've got this entire army sitting there and nobody's calling them to their aid. Right. You know, and this is, this is a serious problem. Whereas if, whereas what, and so in the case of like this guardian angel, my priesthood, what that tells you is they're right there. They want to help. We just, right. with, but God wants us to ask them. It's true that from time to time, he'll tell them, okay, go help them independently of us. But in the end, how much they're involved in our life, how much your guardian angels involved in your life, how much the saints are involved in your life, and even the souls of purgatory are involved in your life is going to be directly proportionate to how much you get them involved in your life. Right. That's an excellent, excellent point, Father, because um, uh, 34 years of priest, listening to people like you, um, by the way, everyone, go Google or go to YouTube and find Father Ripperger. I mean, you're addicting because <laughs> I, I can't I can't wait for the next teaching that you have. It's so fascinating and so necessary for our times. But getting on to what I was going to say is the divine plan that God has is amazing. And, yeah. and, and the way I like to say is in in getting connected right with the with yeah. the holy souls in purgatory and the saints in heaven is akin to getting connected with god and i always say god is a perfect father okay so he's not going to raise spoiled children who just feel entitled to anything okay he's going to have you and we talked about this earlier in this is program about he's going to ask you to exert okay um uh some um, well, just exert yourself in calling out to him. That's why one of the things I've learned is fasting. Fasting gives the underdog the victory. Uh, but what are you saying there? It's like, it's like, I'm not just throwing up a prayer, God, and, and I'm entitled for you to answer it. Fasting is, is saying, please, because that perfect father is up there going, okay, you want this? Show me, show me you want this. But I, I say that, I start with God the Father, but then let's now go to the saints and the holy souls. It's the same thing. You, we just don't take, we don't love people by taking them for granted. So right. that I just throw up a little prayer and, and I'm entitled to have you answer that prayer. That's not what it is. You got to engage the relationship, okay? And, and ignite the relationship and say, let's do this together, Okay. And, and, and then, you know, together, let us do this together. Let us do. And, and, and what you're doing there is you're building a mutual care for one another. That's built on real love, not something that we simply call love, but again, just abuse the relationship by taking them for granted. Right. But you're, you're literally trying to ignite and become one with these holy souls and these saints. And now watch what happens. Now watch what happens because that relationship is dynamic. It's vivacious. It's alive. And, and so now, again, we are not uh, fighting it alone. The, the, the uh, sacred scripture talks about the lion looks around looking for uh, someone isolated so that he can pounce on that person. 
that's what the, the d- devil does, gets us isolated from the flock, right? right? So we're supposed to be a collective that literally scares a wolf from even trying because, you know, we'll, we'll be united together to keep that wolf at bay. But my point on all this, Father, right, is that, is that you have to show effort and a desire, a real love um, in, in um, developing that real relation, love relationship with the holy souls and the saints. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's really true. I think it's, um, I think that that's, you know, if you're going to spend the rest of eternity with these people, you might as well get to loving them now because you're going to be doing it <laughs> Good for the point. rest you know, But, but you know, you're absolutely right. I think that, you know, as you were talking, Father, one of the images that kind of came to my mind again, not that I'm much into images, ironically, um, but it's kind of funny is, is that I kept thinking to myself, you know, basically over the last 40 or about 50, 60 years, we've basically let the enemy onto the island while we locked up the very people that were protecting the island. Yes. And, and you know, so so what do we, by the enemy letting the enemy on the island, it was all the sin and everything that we're doing and we're never, and then the people that were protecting it, we never invoked the angels. We didn't invoke it. We, in fact, you'd hear theologians talk about how, well, these things don't exist anymore. A lot of that. I mean, you just hear some of the most crazy things, but people just stopped praying. The devotions stopped. People just stopped invoking their help. And then, right. you know, they, they stopped invoking their help and then they wonder why they're getting overrun. So, and whereas we need to reverse that process, the way we're going to get the we're going to get the enemy back off the island is we got to free up the, the ones that who should be helping us and help guard our island. Yeah. My grandmother found that holy card when I was five years old in a hotel when she was traveling with her husband, my grandpa. <laughs> and never, she said, n- never a day passed that she didn't pray to Saint John Neumann that I'd be a priest, and never told me until I was ordained. I mean, we can't we can't dismiss the power of the saints. And again, our grand grandparents, great grandparents, everybody knew this, mm-hmm. and and they they had their holy alliance with them at all times, and and so we we've just got to recover this. We got to restore this. You know, one one area that you see is an exorcist from time to time, but one of the areas of defeat for them, which is uh, kind of connects to one of the things that you were kind of talking about, getting the holy souls in the in the alliance, is. We're not sure how or why, unless God just communicates it to We know that the demons know who's in hell and who's not. So they know who's saved and who's not. You can just find who shows up and who doesn't. So, but at the same time, they seem to have some type of a knowledge about who's in purgatory and who's not. And uh, we have different theories, but every time we get a soul out of purgatory, it's the final defeat of Satan in that person's life. Because... Wow. Now they have finally entered into the church triumphant, and now they get to see God face to face so that any activity that Satan might have had in their lives, which would have slowed them getting there, has now been finally removed. And so this is one of the things that we have to realize is that that, if just helping them be victorious in their own battle against Satan, they're going to come to our aid in our own battle. Father, could you address, I think that's a great point to address, just how... And obviously in your line of work, you, you've got a really good perspective on this. How, how big of a deal is it for the devil to lose a soul? I mean, I remember reading, I forget what saint it was, who, that, that she was shown, and forgive me for forgetting who it was, the devil really losing his cool 
over three particular souls that because of her prayer and sacrifices, um, they were being slowly set free from the chains. And he, and the way she described it, he was just losing it. You know, don't let them go. Don't let, who's doing this? Who's doing this? Who's, who's, who's causing this, you know, because of her prayer and sacrifice. Now, accuracy <clears throat> that I don't know, but in your experience, how big of a deal is it that the demons lose control over someone when they're, when they're set free from, from sin? Well, there's different levels of it. Part of it is, is that at least in this life that they don't like the fact that they're losing control over the individual, especially in possession. In fact, sometimes they'll even act like little children. She's mine, mine, mine. You're like, really? You know, so, but it really boils down to um, when they lose people, lose a soul, the, uh, the ultimate, what it boils down to is, is that they envy uh, our ability to have a chance to get to heaven. They envy the good of our life in this life. And so when they lose a soul, the, the very thing that they would want for themselves, even though they hate God and rejected him, etc., the very thing that they want, for, they can't have. And so they don't want anyone else to have it. And so the fact that someone else get, gets it just really burns them up. Right. And so there's, there's that element. The other thing is too, is, is that when they rejected their assigned task, there's um, essentially what they did is they chose to hate God in that process. And so the fact that someone would get to be to God or that God would get God would have that soul in his company for eternity is just so painful and hate, they hate it so badly because of the fact that they don't get it. And this, the one that they can't stand and the one they hate with every ounce of their being, even though they know they should love him and that they're never going to be happy without him, they just hate him. And so the fact that this, that they, the soul gets to be with him just is, it's a defeat. It's, it renews. And this is the thing I learned at the very, their very core, it renews the guilt of their sin and the proper effect of the eternal loss of the vision of God every time they see a soul going to heaven because they know they never will. Father, you know, we've talked about this before, but we've gone through a lot. Uh, we could say decades, but the last two or three years, we've gone through a lot. But one of the things that's been so tough to take is um, loved ones. Uh, family, friends, neighbors who have lost their faith during this very, very challenging time. Uh, <coughs> has to gone a long way to um, to get us disconnected from God and then disconnected from each other uh, during this time. And and so I want a revival so bad and uh, and and to see faith grow once again. But the the lure of the world is so strong right now. Like one of the things they're doing, one of the tactics is, and I call it the, the this is the original sin, it's pride, the, is that the narrative, the, the message from the world is you're among the elites, you're among the no better than anyone else's, okay, you, you, the, the, if you join us, because those who follow that Bible and all that God and all, you know, they're just deplorable or whatever, you, you, so, and it's intoxicating, we're watching soul after soul fall. And right. I've always contended, Father, that what, whatever way that God can um, uh, uh, inspire us to say whatever we can and let our lives um, also 
be inspirational to them. But the first thing we need to do is we need to pray and pray intently for them. Again, not just throw up a prayer, you know, because God's a candy machine and we entitled to have the answer, the prayer answer. But what if we prayed as close to the way that God wants us to? Okay, that's that baseline. And what if we prayed with an army of holy souls and saints for the conversion of loved ones? And, and what I'm, that was my way of just saying that's actually the second part of this Strength and Alliance journal. We're actually going to specifically name names of people we want conversions for. It can also be for a person's health or whatever you want, but primarily for conversions. But let's go after, let's throw the kitchen sink at it uh, yeah. so that we can get that conversion and get them back. Because here's the deal, is we love them, right? And so, okay, we want them to live in a nice house and drive a nice car and, and live happy lives. No, no, we want them to go to heaven. Right. We don't want them to go to hell. Do we love them so much that we'll do everything we can so that they have that conversion of heart, fall in love with God, get back connected with God, and ultimately get to heaven? So what I actually talked about there is the offices that we receive in baptism. So prophet is inspire our speech king okay and that's let our lives lead other people to christ but priest is the first one priest prophet king that's the that's the first thing we need to do is to pray but pray as if we mean it and pray with the, the greatest um zeal and 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 desire for for wanting this prayer so we so we say to god I'm not going to treat you like a candy machine, but please, please, please don't let, you know, my nephew Bobby or whatever go to hell. I, I, I what can I do, God? And I, I'm praying intently. So, Father, can you speak to that? How important it is that we begin first with intentional prayer for the souls that have lost their connection with God. Yeah. I always tell people in relationship to getting people to convert back to the faith or even just to get them to convert period to the faith, but get them to come back. There's it's, it's a positive and a negative side of it. The positive side is they will not do it without grace. And you're going to have to merit that grace for them by consistent doing prayer, sufferings and good works for them. And it has right. to be consistent and you have to do it for a while. And I think that people tend to forget, you know, that, uh, that, when it comes to particular things, God from all eternity decrees, this is what I want in order for this to, to occur. And then we have an obligation or we should strive, I should say, to meet that divine, that level of divine decree of merit that's necessary for this to come about. I think sometimes people, you know, it's like you said, people tend, tend to think that God's somewhat of a candy machine. I put my thing in and I get my, I put my coin in and I get my candy. That's not right. how it works. You have to do it for long periods of time. And then he right. sees the value of your of it, and then he's likely to grant it. The net, so that's the positive side. The negative side is demons can, through very subtle ways of affecting people emotionally, derail the inspiration that God gives us through grace by give, causing fear on what happens if you're going to go back to the church. It means you're going to have to give up your sin or you're going to have to do this. So they can cause fear, loathing, or what have you. So you got to get the demons out of it. But the that, by the way, that getting that degree of merit necessary to achieve that, that's where having all the saints and even the souls in purgatory praying for the conversion of this person. Yes. Because the more they're praying it, the more the, the more merit is occurring and then they can yes. actually achieve this. And so, um, you know, it's kind of funny. Once in a while, I'll get people say, how is it that you just pray for something and it just comes about? And I said, it's not because I'm holy. 
is because I did something that's a little underhanded. <laughs> and this is what I did. I basically put up, look, if you're going to watch my videos, you got to pray for my intentions. Yes. So that means yes. literally when, because some of some of these videos, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of people watching this. I'm not presuming 100,000 people to pray, but I got hundreds, I've got tens of thousands of people yes. praying for my intentions. Yes. Yes. So, yes. so it just, it was, it's much more rapid and it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with my, because I'm not. I'm, United. Yeah. yeah, it's exactly. We're all, you know, and so there's this effective force that's actually occurring in relationship yeah. to my intentions and my prayers because I have all these other people. Well, the same thing applies to the saints. If you get them all on board and you develop a relationship yeah. with them, then they will come to your aid in this. And so your own prayers become much more efficacious. Yes. I'm curious, Father, when it comes to, um, you said underhanded. Um, I was being... Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 I understand what you mean, but... Can, can we all do that? Should we be just getting the word out, the prayers that we need? I mean, the prayer petitions, oh, yeah, special prayers. How, should we? Is that something we should be? I mean, because to my, I grew up that way. You just told people when you needed prayers. You, you encouraged yeah. people to pray for you. Is that something we should be doing more? Yeah, I think it's just part of the census catholicus, or you could just say the census fidelium. People, we know that, look, uh, so for example, a friend of mine whose wife was just diagnosed with cancer, um, we blasted it out and started asking people to pray for them, et cetera. And um, it, it, I think there's just a natural Catholic sense to get people to pray so that they, yes. this is yeah. more likely to, God's likely to hear the prayers and that she'll be healed, et cetera. So I think it's just part of Catholic thinking. It's ingrained in us. It's just yeah. the sad part about it is, I think, which is good that Father's drawing attention to this. We just don't do it enough. Right. And we don't, we don't remember. It's not just the people in this life that can pray for this. It's the people in the next life that is the souls in purgatory and the souls in heaven and the saints in heaven that can pray for us as well, our intentions as well. Yeah. Well, Father, I think I think our time is is uh, is coming to an end here. This has been just amazing. Uh, thank you, thank you so much. Um, and uh, you know, we're facing historic infiltration of evil in our times. So we got to get strong. We got to get united. And, uh, and I really am so appreciative of all the ways that you've put so much energy into helping us all understand the very best way to pray and, and helping us to understand that we're not meant to go it alone. We're meant to be no. a united force, strong. I, I like to say a force to be reckoned with, a family, right? A right. family of God, church, or church uh, militant here on earth church suffering in, in purgatory and church triumphant in heaven. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, father. It, could you close us with a little prayer, father? Yeah, I would have to think just a little bit about it, but sure, uh, sure. what Take I'm going to do is I, I sprung uh, it on I you think, all of a sudden. I think, I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to say, uh, we can all just say a prayer of, to, um, uh, the Hail Mary for very specific intention. That is because Our Lady is the battle array and because she has perfect course of power over demons. Let's pray and ask her to get more involved and get all the other saints more involved in our lives. And then I'll give a blessing at the end, if that's all right. Good. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother, Mother of God, God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Benedictio Dei Omnipotentis, Patris et Fili, et Spiritus Super Vos, et Mani et Semper. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Father. Father, thank you so much. Welcome.